Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in live from today. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. And on today's hot sheet, I will discuss an update on banks yet again, what CEOs have to say about inflation and home seller concessions. Today is Friday, March 17. Happy, what is it? St. Patrick's Day, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. If you're expecting a festive hot sheet like me wearing green, I, I just don't play that game. I don't participate. If everybody said, let's wear green today, I would wear what I wear every day and just ignore that. So my apologies. But if you're celebrating, good for you. Uh, St. Patty's Day. There you go. Hit the thumbs up and let's roll right into it here as we close out week nine of the hot sheet with more bank updates okay so let's start at the beginning before i give you the bank updates it's been a wild seven days a roller coaster on the banks um let's just start at the beginning how did how did we even get here okay it didn't start seven days ago that's for sure it started in 2020 when we shut down the economy when we decided to take a, a global economy and certainly our economy here in america and just flip the light switch off uh, obviously, to get it back going again, we had to pump a bunch of stimulus into it. Now, the problem is we let the stimulus go far too long. After the health crisis had subsided, after we had learned about what it what it really was and what was was actually going on, we continued to use it as an excuse to pump stimulus and government spending and government printing into the economy. I would say that both administrations took part in that. Both sides of the aisle took part in continuing to print dollars that were unnecessary to print. Certainly that last uh, infrastructure bill, which if you look since we signed that it, like two years ago, I don't, I don't see many infrastructure projects going on. It was like a nice label, uh, but certainly hasn't you know, equaled in new infrastructure in this country, right? Not, not in comparison to uh, some other, uh, you know, big countries. Okay. But now we slammed the brakes last year on that. And we're going to see how big this pileup is on the freeway. Is it going to be a five bank pileup like we've seen in the last seven days or are there more to come? Uh, so the three banks that really got themselves into trouble with this long-term debt, when you jack up the interest rates and you need to, uh, you know, liquefy some of this debt. You can't do it unless you're selling it at a loss. Those three banks were Silvergate, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature. SVB just this morning announced that they're filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Okay, so uh, they're going to go and try to sell off these assets and recoup as much as they can. Those three banks in the last seven days um, have basically either been shut down or bailed out by the government. Okay, and then you've got two more banks. You've got five banks in the last seven days, two more banks that have created chaos in our markets and in the, the stock markets and just in the confidence of our banking system in general. You've got First Republic and First Republic now just announced with a deal uh, that the Treasury worked on with 
major banks across the country. 11 banks are injecting $30 million into First Republic. So if you missed that, that was just announced late last night and early this morning. Okay. Uh, then you got Credit Suisse. We talked about yesterday. $52 million is being injected uh, by the Swiss Federal Bank into Credit, Credit Suisse. So these two latest, First Republic and Credit Suisse, aren't like they're not shut down. They're not. They're not. Um, you know, being bailed out, so to speak, by by government. But they do create uncertainty in the market. Uh, the Treasury, U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Ademo was just on CNBC this morning, and I wouldn't want his job. I mean, he was just stammering over his words because what do you say when you're asked the hard questions? Okay, and and I give credit to the host. She was, she was asking him the, the hard questions. Okay. You know, he says, uh, these 11 banks ejecting $30 million in the first Republic has instilled confidence into the banking system. Depositors. We've seen a stabilization this week with depositors at these regional banks. And she asked him, well, does this mean that all depositors across the country at every single bank are insured? He didn't say yes. I mean, he didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. We'll, we'll look at each situation case by case. But he kept going back to confidence has been has been re-stabilized. Uh, uh, you know, we've seen over the last week now that confidence is is back. Really? I mean, just three hours ago, you announced that $30 billion with 11 banks had to pump into First Republic. What happens next week if there's another bank? Are there going to be 11 more banks to step up, pump another $30 million in? At what point does this pile up on the freeway get to be too big to clean up? Because we haven't seen what happens next week. Seven days ago, we weren't even talking about this. So we were just beginning to last Friday. Certainly eight or nine days ago, this wasn't on 99.9% .9 of Americans' radar. Now it's on 100% of Americans' radar. Uh, there are still questions to be answered, and that's what the CNBC uh, host this morning was was saying to U.S. Deputy Treasury Secretary. There's still questions. I mean, you you can say that there is now confidence back in the banking system, but if if you're not guaranteeing that 100% of insurers are covered or depositors are insured, rather, then they may still consider, especially if they got over $250,000, going into a, a big bank, and that would uh, continue to crack at these regional banks. Okay. So uh, that's where we're at today on the banks. It started in 2020. We knew we were going to have to pay the price at some point for all the money printing. And it seems like in the last week, we're starting to pay the price now. We've also been paying the price with high inflation. We've been dealing with that for the last year. Lance Lambert over at Fortune put out a survey just yesterday, just late yesterday. Inflation is still the 800-pound gorilla in the room. This is according to the CEOs that were surveyed. In total, 149 CEOs representing more than 15 industries responded to this survey. Uh, this was done in February. So prior to SVB failure. Okay, so keep that in mind. But here are the numbers. 45% of CEOs expect their firm's growth to be strong. 32% uh, of the 45% say that, okay? So, uh, or very strong would be 13% over the 
over the coming 12 months. Another 44% said modest. Okay, so 45% earn strong or very strong. 44% say modest, while 12% said earlier, uh, said either weak or very weak. So 12% are in that weak category. Okay, so, okay, almost half of the CEOs uh, believe that their growth is going to be strong. Uh, you know, CEOs are optimistic. So take that uh, for what it's worth. 85% of CEOs think energy transition and energy resilience would be best achieved through business collaboration rather than competition. While 15% said competition rather than business collaboration. Interesting there. 61% of CEOs said inflation is likely to disrupt their business strategy over the next 12 months. So six out of 10 CEOs saying, hey, inflation is a big enough problem where it is, it's going to impact our business. 51% of CEOs said geopolitical instability is likely to disrupt their business. And 48% pointed to labor skills and shortage in that. 55% of CEOs said identifying the right use cases is a barrier to creating business value with AI. Okay, so uh, CEOs still worried about inflation. We said 61% uh, believe that it's going to continue to disrupt. That said, it's down from 74% who said the same thing during a September similar poll. Okay, so coming down, now we'll see what happens, right? If the Fed decides to pause, which I think many of us are in that camp. Let me know in the comments which camp you're in. If you think the Fed should pause next week on the federal interest rate, I certainly do because there's just too much pressure on banks right now, which is going to have ripple effects to all areas of the economy, housing in included, if we continue to jack up these interest rates. So if they pause... Um, you know, we can have this, we can have a short-term little boom for, for housing, right? Uh, we, we could have, you know, hopefully an alleviated pressure on these banks, but does it kind of, you know, make a long-term inflation problem more likely? It could, it could. I'm not saying, uh, you know, nobody knows, but it, but it certainly could. CEO's personal outlook towards uh, the following area over the next 12 months. Got some charts on this to kind of break it down. This will be available for you down below in the daily download link. Um, the global economy, as mentioned, uh, their industry performance, and then uh, company performance. So pessimistic being in the red, and then uh, very optimistic being in that that dark blue or optimistic. And their company performance, they're, they're very optimistic on that, okay? How CEOs are going to prioritize investments in the following year over the next year with number one being the highest priority and number eight being the lowest, okay? Core business transformation, 30% say number one, that's going to be the highest. Uh, talent acquisition, 25% say that's number one. Okay, so uh, one out of four CEOs say talent acquisition is the number one investment, the highest priority. Uh, other new product service market innovation, almost one out of four, 22% say that's that's the highest. Supply chain resilience, 7%. Advanced technology, other than AI, a uh, very small number there. Uh, you know, less than 7%. Climate and sustainability, less than 7%. AI, less than 7%. Social inequity, uh, health equity, uh, less than looks like a couple of percent. Okay, so they're they're focused on core business transformation in a time in an economic crisis, talent acquisition, and other new product market service innovation. That makes up, uh, you know, three-fourths of CEO's number one priority here going into... Uh, these inflation or, or continuing to move forward rather in these inflationary times, those charts, as well as the entire survey will be linked down below 
in our daily download link. All of our sources and downloads each and every day are there for you. Uh, if you sign up once, you get those sent to your inbox every single day. Okay. Uh, what seems to be happening every single day is that we talk about obviously lack of inventory and the power position that sellers are in. But despite the power position that sellers are in, we are seeing seller concessions on the rise. This is on nowbam.com and it's a study from Redfin. A new Redfin report shows over 45% of sellers giving concessions to incentivize buyers with a record 13% of sales involving both price cuts and concessions. Okay, pandemic boomtowns led by Seattle have seen the biggest increases in seller concessions, which are most common in Las Vegas at 51.6% of home sales right now are seeing concessions. If you're in Seattle, if you're in Las Vegas, let me know if you agree with this Redfin report. Okay, seller confessions on the rise to a new record in the month of February. I have a chart that outlines this below. This is according to redfin.com, 45.5% share of home sales in which sellers offered a credit to a buyer. Okay, this is a rolling three-month period. February, we're up to 45.5%. That is a new record in February. Certainly the highest we've seen on this chart going back to June 2020. The second highest on this three-month rolling period was last month, uh, the month prior, rather, January 2023. So seller concessions on the rise, overall data. This is going to be inclusive of cities like we just mentioned, like Seattle and Las Vegas, that are seeing uh, you know, a much different market than other parts of the country. Let me know in the comments if you agree right now with seller concessions being on the rise in your particular market. Is that price point dependent? Okay. Is that just certain locations of town? Is that the entire city or metro that you're working? Are you seeing that as a common approach to getting deals done right now? Well, just this week, we were talking about some of these median price points that have multiple offers. I find it hard to believe in the multiple offer median price points, especially in rural communities across the country where there's maybe one or two listings that you're going to see concessions in an environment like that. But tell me what's happening right now in your market and what you're seeing. Okay, so how are they sweetening the pot to entice, entice these cash-strapped buyers? Of course, buyers using mortgage right now uh, have very little wiggle room because of the interest rate. Okay, so they're giving money for needed repairs, money to cover closing costs and mortgage rate buy-downs. Compared to 2021, the market has seen a dramatic shift from buyers making sacrifices to secure home purchases to sellers during uh, doing the same to attract a smaller pool of motivated buyers. The average 30-year fixed rate mortgage is now sitting at 6.55. I think that's exactly where it sat yesterday. Has increased the monthly mortgage payment on a typical home with a median price of $327,514 by over $400 in that time frame, okay? Uh, this record sale uh, both involve concessions and price cuts, okay? So when when they're doing both, it's usually, it's like kind of like interesting. It's like either one or the other, right? But uh, we're seeing both now. And here's a chart that outlines that. Sellers often cut prices in addition to offering concessions, okay? Uh, that blue line at the top, they had a concession um, and that's 46%. 
Then you've got the next line, the green line, 25% had concession and sold below asking price. Uh, the next line at 21%, the orange line had concession and a price drop. And then the red line had a concession price drop and sold below asking. We know the earlier you price the home in a more advantageous position, you're going to avoid that last line, you know, more likely than not had concession price drop and sold below asking. Listen, have you gone on a listing appointment? Let me know in the comments, actually. Let's have a discussion about this. Have you gone on a listing appointment lately? If, if you're an agent and the seller is looking for late 2021, early 2022 pricing, and you're saying, hey, you're going to put yourself in a much better position if you just price one bracket lower. You're probably going to get more activity and have a like a higher likelihood of maybe even meeting that price if we can create competition. But they're insistent on testing the market at a price that you and I both know is unreasonable. This is the data you're going to want to show them. Okay, do you want to end up in that last line? Do you want to end up here at the bottom of this Redfin chart where 13% of people had to uh, offer a concession, a price drop, and then also sold below asking? because they went out too high of a price, right? This is the type of data that might bring them back to the reality of the situation that we're in here in 2023, as, a, as opposed to the rear view mirror situation of 2021, 2022. Concessions are most prevalent in Las Vegas, okay? So let's look at some local data where it's most uh, mostly happening uh, during those three months ending uh, February 28th. So we're talking December, January, February. Sellers in Vegas gave concessions to buyers in 77.4% of home sales, the highest percentage among the metros analyzed by Redfin. So 77.4% Las Vegas, San Diego, 75%, Sacramento, 71%, Phoenix, almost 64%, Denver, 61%. Can they compare those to the five metros with the lowest share of home sales involving seller concessions? Uh, New York City, less than 17%. San Jose, California, 21%. Boston, 23%. Philadelphia, 30%. Austin, Texas, 34%. We know that Austin has already seen I'm sorry, significant price drops uh, leading into the beginning of this year. So sellers there are probably like, hey, I, I've, you've, already, you've already got a great deal now. I'm not going to concede anymore. And then the other interesting thing about the top five metros with the lowest share of home sales involving seller concessions would be that three of them are in, uh, three of the five are in the northeast, where we see the least amount of inventory across the country right now. So it makes sense there, where there's where there's less options for people. Why would sellers um, concede? Where we've seen the biggest seller concessions. Okay, so this is the the largest amount, meaning meaning um, uh, you know. The, the biggest concession, not the most concessions, but but the biggest concession being offered up, okay? Seattle, 51%, Vegas, 30%, Denver, 26%, San Diego, 23%, and Phoenix, uh, 22%, okay? So uh, there you go. That's over on nowbam.com if you want to pick that up. Let's pick up where the 10-year is today. Take a look at where the 30-year fix uh, ended yesterday. Right now, we are ticking down. On the 10 year, we're at 3.444. Okay, so we're down, I don't know, 13 basis points, it looks like right now, which could be potentially good news for 
the 30 year later in the day when that read comes out. The Dow is down 250 points right now on some of this banking news. Dow falls Friday. That's uh, concern over the state of the U.S. banking sector lingers. Okay, the S&P is down, NASDAQ's down, and now we obviously see that the 10-year is down right now. Let's go over to the 30-year fix, see where that ended the day off. And yesterday, it ended at 6.69. I thought I, I thought I saw, so I got, obviously, the day before was 6.55, uh, but we went back up yesterday. Okay, so my mistake. I, I thought it was still hanging around 6.55. There might have been two reads yesterday. Sometimes they do that. Uh, but yesterday ended at 6.669. So uh, we've had a little bit of a bouncy week, right? From that 6.75 to 6.5 range, been bouncing around a quarter of a percent. And uh, at least we're out of the seven handle right now. Hopefully we come back down to six and a half with where the 10 year is looking today. Uh, thank you guys for closing out week nine of the hot sheet with me. We do this show every single day that the markets are open. So every single Monday through Friday, if you're new to the hot sheet, this is the first hot sheet you've ever consumed. First time it was shared with you. We do it every single Monday through Friday that the stock markets are open. The bond markets are open. Okay. 930 live Eastern, 630 live Pacific time. Uh, whether we're on the road, whether BAM's on the road, whether you know I'm here in the home studio, no matter where we are, we bring this, this show to you live every single day. Um, that the market's open. So consider subscribing to the channel if this is your first time checking out the hot sheet so that you do not miss one. And if you don't want to miss our new ebook, which is video equipment for every single budget, we have that down below. That's a free download for you. It's a fantastic ebook with, with uh, every single price point broken up, low price point, medium, big, whatever you need. That's down below for you as well. Hope everybody has a really great Friday. And end to your week going into the weekend. Next week, BAM's going to be in Portland, Oregon, where we're taking the hot sheet over to the turn-on event from 1,000 Watt. Uh, maybe we can link. I don't know if there's still tickets, but we'll link it up down below just in case there are uh, a few remaining tickets. We are going to be live streaming all week from the turn-on event, Monday through Wednesday, as well as doing the hot sheet from Portland. You do not want to miss any content next week coming from turn on make sure you are subscribed to this channel it is going to be wild until then have a great weekend and toodaloo